My name is Heather Schmidt, and I'm a um, Monday morning group leader for Grief Share, and our group's much smaller, and so you guys feel a little scary to me right now because there's a lot of you in here. Anyway, um, okay, so like I said, my name is Heather Schmidt, and um, this is my story of loss, but really also my story of grace. Um, I was born and raised here in Dallas. I grew up mostly in Richardson with my parents and my brother Ryan. I was raised in a Christian home and accepted Christ at age 10. Um, However, despite a solid start, my parents' marriage began to unravel and they divorced when I was in seventh grade. Um, Just to give you some some more background, um, around that time, my mother struggled mightily with depression. Um, We left my childhood church and just occasionally visited other churches. So a lot of the stability that I had relied on as a young child was gone. I tried out rebellion as a teenager, but I also was still just a people-pleasing kid deep down. Um, My dad remarried. I have a very confusing family tree, if you ever want to know about it, Um, as so many of us do these days. Um, Anyway, it was a confusing time then as a teen. Um, I spent a lot of time moving back and forth between my parents' houses. So by the time I moved off to college... Uh, My mom's mental health was pretty stable at that point, and I was okay, but my faith had taken a major hit. Um, It was pretty much hanging on by a thread. I'd go to church occasionally with college friends, but pretty much always nursing a hangover. And from a family standpoint, um, as I got to enjoy my independence and the distance from family drama while being away at college, I learned to really appreciate my mom. We became very close once again. Um, She was my biggest cheerleader. And she was beyond thrilled when I became engaged to my my college sweetheart, Jonathan, uh, while I was in grad school at Texas A&M. Jonathan and I started planning our wedding, um, but the unexpected happened. And I'll never forget mom calling me on a spring night in 2003 and telling me her biopsy had come back malignant. The odd mole that she'd felt on the back of her scalp was melanoma. This began a tailspin of surgeries, a brief period of remission, and a long, hard battle for her life. Um, Mom underwent treatment at MD Anderson in Houston. I juggled grad school life in College Station uh, with racing down the highway to be there with her in Houston for every treatment. My grandparents, her parents, um, were alive and at that time and helped share the load with me. But the role of caretaker naturally fell on my shoulders. It was hard, um, so hard. That just doesn't even seem like an adequate word. Uh, The treatments available at that time for metastatic melanoma were very limited and very painful. Um, So really, I stepped my feelings of agonizing heartbreak in order to care for mom's practical needs. But my spirit ached. I needed my own support and rest, and those things just weren't going to happen. What I really needed was the Lord. So I started to pray again, desperate, genuine prayers for strength to endure. The Lord provided, and I would say it was at this time that I kind of started my journey back to Christ. So Jonathan and I moved up our wedding uh, several months. Uh, We wanted mom to be able to be there, if at all possible, and the cancer had spread, so we knew her time was limited. Also, at this time, my brother Ryan was serving in the military, and he was stationed in Hawaii. And due to deploy to Afghanistan in January 2004, that was like, you know, in the middle, the height of all of that stuff going on over there. Um, So we wanted to ensure that he'd be at our wedding also. Our wedding day was a blur to me. I'm so thankful it happened when it did, but 
really a cloud of sadness kind of hung over that day, knowing that mom was dying and Ryan was going off to a, a war. So after our wedding, um, the year was filled with mom's chemo and radiation. I wrote my thesis from a hospital room with her and drove, drove back and forth between Houston and College Station. In August 2004, I finished grad school, and, and mom was also told right about that time that there was nothing else the doctors could do for her. So I came back here to Dallas with her. My um, new husband stayed in San Antonio where he was working. So mom and I came here and stayed at my grandparents' house so they could help with cooking meals and all that kind of stuff while I took care of her uh, medications and just um, really all the caregiving types of things. And we started hospice at that time. So I cried out to God a lot during this time, not to take it all away, but just to survive. Um, I was young. When hospice let us know the end was near, I called the Red Cross to get my brother home from the middle of nowhere in the Middle East. Um, they, couldn't, they wouldn't tell us where he was. Um, so he could see mom while she was still conscious, and he did make it. Mom and I did things like write her obituary together. Um, and just watching the woman who gave me life suffer beyond words was excruciating. So um, my mom was 52 years old when she took her last breath on October 15, 2004, as I held her hand and read her scripture in the front bedroom in my grandparents' house. So as a then 25-year-old, I don't think I realized at that time that my life would never be the same, and, but not in a completely bad way. Um, Mom's death just about broke me, but made me realize that death is real, heaven is real, life is fleeting, and when we go, the only thing that matters is our relationship with Christ. So I floundered, but I found my way back to him, a daily reliance just to make it through the day. But you know, I did, still did everything that people would call wrong um, during that first year of grieving. Um, Jonathan and I moved, and we fought a lot. I worked an overly demanding job. I decided I wanted to start a family right away. Um, it was a bad first year. I was just kind of desperate to fill the void, clearly. Um, I had spontaneous outbursts of grief that still completely mortify me to this day, thinking back. Um, I had one particularly embarrassing episode during a job interview um, where my future boss was asking me about um, my mom, and I just totally lost it. It was really embarrassing, but I did still get the job. So there's some grace there. Um, Anyway, so it is what it is, and that's okay. Um, Jonathan and I end up, ended up then going through a season of infertility. Um, so in, in the past, when I've given my testimony, I've talked more about that. Um, I will tell you that we had three miscarriages before I was able to have two healthy children, Aiden and August, who are now 10 and 8 years old. Right when Aiden was born, we started attending Watermark. It was important that Jonathan and I found a church home together. We had different backgrounds. Uh, we were both believers, but we both came from different church backgrounds, and um, this was important. So at that time, my relationship with God really, truly transformed. I learned how to lean on him during life's constant peaks and valleys, and not just when the bottom fell out. I was able to reconcile a lot of hardships that I had experienced to understand that God loves, loves those that love him, and his grace is sufficient. And um, I mean, also surrounding ourselves with other believer friends was pretty transforming. Just you know, changing, you know, the people you hang out with. Um, my whole worldview changed, and I had an eternal, a, eternal perspective. And around this time, I had also found out about grief share too. 
So when I became a mom myself, um, I suddenly understood fully how much my own mother had cared for me, which was really comforting to me. And when Aiden was born, our firstborn, I realized, as childlike as it sounds, that just how much God loves us. Because if I can love Aiden like this, then how much more is our God capable of? So I do want to talk about the latest loss in my grief journey. Um, I, Like I said, I'm a Monday morning leader, and I, I talked about this for the first time a couple weeks ago. Um, so it still feels fresh, so bear with me. Um, so flash forward several years. Um, Jonathan and I are settled now in Richardson with our two boys. And in April 2015, my brother Ryan, the one that was in the military, he finally got married um, to a red-headed, kind-hearted, joyful girl named Megan, who was born on St. Patrick's Day, which is appropriate for an Irish girl. Um, Meg was everything Ryan ever wanted. He waited a long time to find the right girl, and there was no doubt that she was the one. She was a calm, level-headed peacemaker to his impulsive, creative mind. Um, Ryan and I are very close. I mean, we've been through a lot together. So naturally, Meg and I instantly bonded. Megan and Ryan settled in Austin and came to visit and stay with us often. Six months after they married, in October 2015, uh, Ryan called me in a panic. Megan had been having bloating and pain in her abdomen and had been diagnosed with an ovarian cyst. I assured him not to worry. It was probably no big deal. I've had one before. She'll be fine. Her surgery was scheduled for October 15th, which was the anniversary of our mom's death. So Ryan was freaking out over this. Um, I told him not to be superstitious. That's silly. Um, well, the surgery went long, and the cyst was a tumor, and it was huge and cancerous. So I jumped in the car and got to Austin as fast as I could. So Meg had a rare form of ovarian cancer. Her recovery from surgery was hard, but that was just the beginning. I traveled to Austin as much as I could to be there during her chemo treatments, but nothing worked. She fought so hard. Um, This girl who was a professionally trained dancer danced up until a few weeks before her death. She didn't want to back down. When the doctors gave her weeks to live, 31-year-old Megan made the hard decision to go with Ryan uh, to be near her family in Florida to die. Uh, The reason for this was her sister was about to give birth and couldn't travel. So she knew if she wanted to see her family again, this was kind of her only option. So Ryan flew her to Orlando, and I joined them two days later. Um, My sweet husband stayed behind and took care of the kids. Um, So Megan suffered similarly to the way I saw my mom suffer. It was painful to watch. Um, But once again, I went into survival mode and tried to care for her and keep her comfortable while stuffing my breaking heart. Um, I tried my very hardest to support my brother, who was devastated, while juggling some intense Uh, family dynamics with Megan's family, who I didn't know very well. I mean, she and Ryan had only been married, you know, not very long. They had dated for several years before they got married, but with them, her family being across the country, we didn't know each other that well. So anyway, um, Ryan and I and Meg's mom were together with her when Megan took her last breath on September 6, 2016. I was honored that Megan wanted me to be there. Um, To her, we were sisters. I am also so thankful that the Lord gave me opportunities to talk to Megan privately about Ryan and about God, about how it's okay to be angry. She was a believer. I know some members of her family probably thought I was really weird or crazy, but I read scripture to Megan even when she was sleeping. 
I just knew where she was about to go, and I wanted to focus on God's promises and her complete healing that I knew was coming. So Ryan and I flew home to Texas without Meg after she was gone. We tried to put the pieces back together. I had to try to process this grief with my sweet kids who loved their Aunt Meg so much. I was angry with God for letting this happen. It's one thing for me to hurt, but I could hardly stand seeing my boys hurt too. During the year after Meg died, um, so this last year, I think the best way to describe my life is numb. I felt like I needed to protect my heart. I didn't fall back in old patterns of coping mechanisms, but um, it was different this time. I I suddenly didn't really want to go to church anymore, but I did go because I wanted my kids to be poured into spiritually, even if I was a total mess. I felt hurt by friends that I thought would offer support but didn't fulfill my expectations. I felt angry by friends that acted awkward around me because they knew I was hurting and, and they just didn't know what to say. I'm sure we can all relate to that. But I knew better. Um, this time around with grief, I had more tools in my pocket thanks to things I had learned here at Grief Share. Um, I recognized my feelings but also knew that my joy or happiness or healing was never going to come from other people. Even my amazing husband, who has been there for me through everything, he can't bring that to me. The only source of healing is in our Heavenly Father. And to be frank with you, sometimes I'm still working letting myself trust the Lord with reabandon. The loss of Meg still feels somewhat fresh. I know that while I have had seasons of moving away from him, he has always been steadfast. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Just Psalm 9, 9 and 10. I would say the pain of losing mom isn't intense the way it used to be. Now it just shows up when I'm watching my kids do something and it reminds me of her. Or when I see other women share the bond of motherhood with their own moms, comparing family characteristics and um, traits and advice. That will always hurt a little, but I'm not in the pit anymore. And as for Meg, my heart still physically aches when talking to my brother about how much he misses her. And as a side note, he's living with us right now, kind of while he's recovering and putting his life back together. So we have family therapy sessions regularly (laughs) together. Um, But for me, and this is my story, I believe that the passing of my mom at her young age allowed me to come to the end of myself and grow into a life-changing relationship with God. Without that relationship, Meg's death would have been too much to bear. I'd be without hope that our lives here on earth are just one part of our story as believers. I want to encourage each of you that you're in the right place by being here today. Y'all are getting close to the end. You've made it this far. I've struggled for a long time after mom died, isolating myself. It's kind of my go-to. But at the same time, I was desperate to find another person who had experienced similar pain. I went through feelings of guilt for so many things, like sometimes feeling relief for not having to be a caregiver anymore. And I didn't have anyone who I felt could understand that these feelings were normal. They are normal. Um, And hopefully you all know that by now, by hanging around here. But um, I pray that each of you seeks the Lord as you grieve. I pray this for myself too, truly, that we will cling to the only source of joy and peace that sustains. For as Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength, never present help in trouble. Therefore, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. 
And one more, vo- one more verse, Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you all so much for allowing me to share my story with you tonight.